This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys, this is the Adoptive Mom Podcast, and I am Alex Fitton, and I have the insane privilege to bring you a whole season of episodes on how the Enneagram influences our adoption journeys. You are tuning in to episode five of season seven, and that brings us to episode 98 overall. So two more episodes to 100, you guys. What should I do? I am racking my brain. So leave me a comment on social media or in the show notes with ideas about how we should celebrate. I cannot wait. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a number near and dear to my heart, type three. And this is precious to me because my husband, Brian, is one of them. So without further ado, here is a quick intro on the high energy ballers that are the threes. Enneagram threes are called the achievers or the performers. And for good reason, they are everyone's favorite go-to to get it all done. And what is it? Exactly. It is everything. They can get everything done if they want to. Threes are motivated by the basic desire to be valuable, efficient, and worthwhile, and the basic fear of being seen as worthless or a failure. They are the most image conscious number on the Enneagram, and they strive to be seen and valued, to be set apart, to win, and to be admired. Threes are incredible managers and bosses because of their heightened sense of efficiency and their desire to streamline everything into an easy to accomplish system. The deadly sin of the three is deceit. And while yes, that can often look like external deceit or manipulation, to the three, it feels more like a loss of self, a manipulation to themselves. Threes tend to find themselves struggling to separate their performer selves from their real selves, and often they don't even know what their real self is. So this can lead to their constant doubt that they will be valued or accepted if they turn off their performance and let people really see them. That is the ultimate healing journey for the three, to learn to be true to who they are and realize that the people closest to them can love them for that as well. Threes are in the feelings or heart triad, but they are the middle number. So while they are motivated by feelings or emotions, they are often unaware of those feelings and certainly don't experience them in the same way that the other numbers in their triads two and four do. They are what are called in Enneagram speak, feelings repressed. So their stance is aggressive. So their drive is to change and shape the world around them to look like they want it to. And true to their name, they often achieve this goal. Okay, so let's talk about wings. Three with Threes with a two wing are called the charmers. They see this ultimate fear of failure we talked about as failing to be worthy of love and adoration. They are more willing to shape their performance to whatever their audience appreciates in order to be liked. Threes with a four wing are called the experts. They see ultimate failure um, in line with their career or work. They value success above all and will shape their performance in order to best communicate to their audience and to get what they want. And as a refresher, the three subtypes or variants are self-preservation, social, and sexual. Self-preservation threes are driven by a desire for material success. They want to see tangible results for their achievements. While social threes want relational results for their hard work. They want to win over the crowd, so to speak. 
Then there's sexual threes. They are motivated more by selling their performance as reality, and they can struggle the most with most with disentangling themselves from that. This subtype obviously makes the best actors and actresses than any other number in the Enneagram. So in stress, threes go to nine, the peacemaker. We will see them more ready to throw in the towel and give up than usual. And they can become more passive aggressive and lethargic in efforts to thwart the emotional pain of perceived failure. In security, however, threes go to six, the loyalist. They will learn to be more true to themselves and to those who care about them. And they'll lean into their security conscious side and become less reckless and impulsive than usual. So listen, threes get stuff done and are clearly found in the spotlight pretty often. So I had several to choose from for this episode, but I am thrilled to reintroduce you guys to my friend, author and speaker, Scarlett Hiltabidal, to chat with me on this episode. You may remember her from episode 68, where she shared her whole adoption story, but here is a refresher. So Scarlett is the author of Afraid of All the Things, and he numbered the pores on my face. She writes monthly columns for Parent Life Magazine and LifeWave Voices, and enjoys speaking to women around the country about the freedom and rest available in Jesus. Scarlett has a degree in biblical counseling and taught elementary school before she started writing, and she and her husband live in Nashville, where she loves to do sign language with her three daughters, eat nachos by herself, write for her friends, and study stand-up comedy with a passion that should be reserved for more important pursuits. Before we go talk to Scarlett, though, I want to remind you guys about the super awesome community we have on Patreon. When you join Team AMP for 5 or $7 a month, you get access to lots of extra goodies like fun bonus interviews with each and every guest, episodes a week early, weekly resource guides, and our premium show, America's Mom. And it just helps out the show, you guys. Uh, there are a lot of costs involved with keeping the show going. And um, when you join Patreon, you're teaming up with me to make the Adoptive Mom podcast happen. So we'd love for you to join us. Head over to patreon.com slash the adoptive mom and sign up today. All right, let's get to my interview with Scarlett Hiltabidal. All right, guys, welcome to the adoptive mom podcast and welcome to Scarlett Hiltabidal. Welcome back. I was about to say welcome back. And then it like my voice caught and then I was about to make a, you know, typo, but with your voice. So anyway, <laughs> welcome back, Scarlett. How's it going? I'm so happy to be back. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to be doing this series. Um, and I am so I'm excited to chat with you and uh, a little behind the scenes because of your book and because of our last um, interview, I actually messaged you on Instagram and said, you're a six, right? <laughs> you were like common misconception, but no. So you I'm, and so many other people have said that to me <laughs> since I released that book. I love it. Um, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about being a three though, because my husband's a three. So I'm hoping maybe you can like explain him to me or something. Okay. You know? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm a three wing four. If you want to get technical. He is too. This is amazing. Wow. I'm not an expert on the Enneagram. I also want to say that, but I did recently read the road back to you and it was so fascinating. So that's how much I know. Whatever's in that book is how much I know. Yes. And whatever's free on the internet. I feel I like that's like that. the, the gateway drug for everyone. You know, you read yeah. the book or you like listen to, you know, Suzanne or Ian speak and then you just want to like eat it all up. I know. Oh my goodness. So, okay. We've already heard your story and you're not new to the podcast, but do you mind just taking a second and reminding us of who you are? Okay. Um, Scarlet, three wing four. 
Um, <laughs> I'm a mom of three girls. My middle child, it, we adopted her from China in 2017, and she's a little miracle. I know I did your podcast before, but I can't remember when. And uh, so I don't know if this is an update or not, but she was born with no ears and deaf. And when re, uh, quickly after we brought her home, she got a hearing aid so she could hear and she started to learn sign language and like un- be able to understand English. But now she's had one ear, like a prosthetic ear, but with her own skin put onto her head. That was in January. And um, we're recording this before it'll release, but she's getting ready for her second surgery. So she'll have, whenever this releases, she'll have two ears, which is just insane. And they look her, she has one right now and it looks so good. And she is just a thriving little miracle. So that's joy. And, um, yeah, my oldest is nine. My youngest is five and my husband is Brandon and we're in love and I write books and speak. And, um, I think that's all. And oh, and you, I have a pet rabbit now. <laughs> yes. I was going to say you like are super outdoorsy with your little farm in Tennessee. No, it's so funny <laughs> that I'm not at all. I'm like the least outdoorsy person, but my husband had this dream of having a farm. So we've been experimenting for two years and it's on the market. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not outdoorsy, but we did get a bunny rabbit and she's so cute. Uh, again, with the gateway, gateway drug, the bunny rabbit's like the gateway to the, to the being outdoorsy. I don't know. Yeah. It's really funny that you said that because for our fun section for Patreon supporters later, I have down here <laughs> fun, fun topic, farm life. <laughs> I could talk about farm life. I wouldn't say I'm the best person to talk to about it, but I can talk about it. Well, you guys still have to join Patreon to hear for us <laughs> talk about it. Um, okay. So take a minute and, um, thank you for recapping you to us. Um, you've written afraid of all the things, which is just incredible. Thank you. Um, so well written and you're such a good storyteller. And I think that that is one of my favorite things about reading your writing is that, um, it's not just like a how to book. It's like a memoir slash how to hybrid, which is just really cool. So that's what I hoped it would be. So thank you for saying that. Yes. And you also wrote, uh, he numbered the pores on my face, which I'll admit I have not read yet, but I I'm excited to get started. It's for um, teenage girls. That one's for teenage girls. You know what? Sometimes I need some of that too. So we all are a teenage girl inside, aren't we? (laughs) Exactly. But we're all anxiously awaiting your next book, but take a minute and just explain to us what threes are and what your motivations are. Um, okay. So the achiever, the performer, I've heard Mm -hmm. it called both ways, um, driven to succeed, ambitious. Um, I guess one of the big flaws is being self-centered and, um, you know, valuing achievements more than people probably is, is, I don't know if I've heard it said that way, but just finding worth in, um, in being approved by people, I would say is a, is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that your deadly sin is deceit because, oh yeah, and, and I know that's that confusing for me because I don't feel like I'm deceitful, but I've read that threes deceive themselves and I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Although I really, I try to be self-aware, uh, but maybe, maybe I guess I tend to want to live in a fantasy world where everything's okay. Maybe that's, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Deceit. No, no, I was about to deceit. And I think that the way I've seen that manifest in my husband, and this is a, uh, we were talking before we recorded, but this is a more special episode because my husband is exactly Scarlett's type. Um, and so I do know a lot about this number because of him, because we've done this research together. But one thing that he really struggles with is that it is, is deceiving himself because he has his performer side and then his true self and he loses touch with who his real self is. So it's that chameleon thing. That's um, it. Yes. 
I'm definitely that, that I, I see that, like, I don't lie to people. So when I first read about it, I was like, that's not me, but I definitely am that thing where if I walk into a group of people, I become what they are. And it's like, I don't even think about it. And so we've talked, my husband and I are the same number. We're both three wing fours. And, um, we've talked about our friends and how like, we, we would never want to have a party with all of our friends in one spot because our friends are so different. It's like this friend and this friend could not be more different. But when we're with each of them, we're totally comfortable. So I definitely see that. Oh, my husband says the same thing. He's like, I don't know if they would get along. And I was like, well, we'll make them. It'll be fun. And he's <laughs> always like, I just, you know, I keep things separate. And yeah. that is so weird for me because that's not who I am. But I'm learning to appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to talk about how the Enneagram has influenced your adoption story. Because obviously you've had to do a lot of fighting and achieving and, you know, kind of like, creating your own wins for your daughter. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to know like how that influenced your adoption story right from the beginning. Yeah. Those you have, you sent me really good questions to think about because I I've never thought about the Enneagram as it relates to our adoption story. So until a week ago or whenever that was, um, I don't know. I'm just going to start talking. <laughs> I think that Do it. my, so I have definitely this, like, I'm going to, if I set my mind to do something, if my body, if I'm physically able to do it, I will do it. And so the adoption was definitely one of those things where anyone who's been through an adoption knows it's like an insane amount of preparation and paperwork and red tape and all that. And I was definitely the one driving that. So in the pre-adoption stuff, I mean, I can just totally, you know, I got everything done as quickly as possible. I read, I was done with the class practically before they finished sending it to me kind of thing. Um, Man, I don't know as far as like, because the thing is, I always test as a three, but I don't feel like I care about like when you read the descriptions about like threes care about status and having the nicer things and how they're seen. I mean, surely I want people to approve of me and like me, but I definitely have never been like, man, I better put on this perfect facade so people think I really have it together. I've never been that. I am definitely very aware of like being intentional about how I come across, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, everybody's got a public platform these days with social media. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I think that before I started writing and speaking, I would just post stuff. And then once I started writing and speaking, I got much more intentional. Like I have my husband, he's in publishing. We met or we kind of bonded over writing when I was in college. And so I send him everything I write or any Instagram post I want to post, I send it to him. And it's not like I have to, but I value his input. And sometimes he'll be like, you're in a bad mood. You should not say this to the world. And I'm like, thank you. I will not. (laughs) Um, That happens all the time. I've written so many articles that are in a trash can because it was like, you know, influenced by my bad mood or whatever it was. And my (laughs) husband said, maybe you don't want to say it that way. Um, Why am I off on this tangent? Anyway, I... Yeah. So I'm just thinking about like adoption and this world we live in where everything is kind of public knowledge for almost everyone. Like I can think of one friend who didn't want to put her kids on social media. And then she started a career that you kind of need social media to promote what you do. And she, now her kids are on social media. So like, I can't think of anyone I even know who's not on it. And so anyway, I guess the thing I'm asking (laughs) myself and you, because I don't have an answer, but just wondering like how my brain works and how it relates to how my wiring of threeness, I'm putting that in quotes, like what I choose to share about our adoption 
mm-hmm. um, how vulnerable. And even right now, it's like I get nervous about doing interviews about adoption because it is such a gift. It is also there are very unique challenges and you have to be really careful, um, you know, for the sake of your child and yourself and the people who are watching how you come across. So anyway, I guess that my care is I definitely care how I come across. Of course, as a Christian mom, I just want to represent Jesus well. Um, but yeah, I don't really know. The only thing that really stood out to me was like paperwork. Like I got it done real fast. And then as far as like image stuff, I'm definitely very image conscious. I don't say that as like, man, I want to be awesome. But like, I I definitely think about everything and I I have a love hate thing. Sometimes I'll be like, man, I want to quit all social media and not post anything. And then other times I love it because it's such a great way to share experiences and encourage people and be encouraged. So I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I do the same thing. Um, I think that that love hate relationship with social media has been a thing of mine for a very long time. And as I'm getting more and more, you know, of a growing platform, I think that the stakes feel higher and higher. And that's really stressful for me. Um, I think that, you know, you kind of answered my question, my next follow up question, which was going to be did it influence, did, did your personality type influence your motivations for wanting to adopt at all? And I think that. Um, it sounds like you're, you've kind of wrestled with that of like, what, you know, what is that balance between, um, you know, showing off so to speak, or being intentional or showing, you know, Jesus or, uh, you know, I don't know, showcasing like the cool stuff that God is doing in your life. It's like, it's such a hard balance I feel like, and I, I can't imagine how much more difficult it must be to kind of have that war in between just inside of yourself of like this, my true self versus you know, what, how everyone else perceives me and trying as hard as you can throughout your life to learn to merge the two. Hmm. Um, I don't know. What's that process been like for you? That balance? Well, I would say that the actual us deciding to adopt was like outside of my personality. Like that, I don't think that I had anything. I really don't think I had anything to do with that. I think that was completely a God idea. He put it, I was surrendered enough in my heart to be able to not say no in fear Um, and that was just him all the way. Like, I don't think, I know I didn't do that for (laughs) attention or whatever, because it was something I was so scared of. Um, and it was such a, you know, it was what he promises in his word. Like he was with us and he just gifted us with his, um, not just his presence, but what is the word I'm looking for? His provision in so many specific detailed ways, which I shared with you last time we talked, um, that, yeah, it definitely, my personality definitely did not influence the decision to adopt. But like you said, I, and I've never even talked about the the wrestle of, you know, public life, how we live on social media publicly, publicly, because it is such a hard thing. And it's like, I, you know, I date, where is it where David says, um, search me and know my heart. Psalm, one of the Psalms, is it Psalm mm-hmm. 139 maybe? Um, so. It's like, I have trouble knowing my own heart, you know, and <laughs> the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. And so I ask God to purify my motives because sometimes I don't know, you know, it's like, I of course want to, and I battle like wanting to be perfect and I know I can't be. And so I'm not a one because I know ones are driven by like right, wrong perfection. You're a one. Okay. Mm. She just raised her hand for those listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm not a one, but I guess since I test as a three, maybe my desire for perfection is because I want people to be proud of me and happy with me and approve of me or whatever. Um, yeah, the adoption thing feels so sacred to me, just our, our particular story with that, because it was, it was so 
from Jesus. And so, yeah, I just pray that God will make me more like him. And I think that that's the key with social media because I don't think any, no human is perfect. No human's going to get it right. No matter if you're a three or a one or an eight or whatever, I think we all wrestle with impure motives. We all want to be loved. We all want to be approved. And um, yeah, I just think it's a good, I've read a lot of, I read a book by, oh, I'm going to find it, Ranky t- with a T, something Ranky, uh, eight, something, eight ways your phone is changing you or something. Mm. I'll, I'll find the right, <laughs> if I said that wrong, maybe you put it in the show notes. It. Yeah, put it in the show notes. But um, it was a really great book. I highly recommend it for anyone who is on social media because um, it's a, from a Christian perspective, but it's not judgy in any way. You know, he, you know, I mean, even I think he, John Piper might have written the foreword or something uh, talking about technology and like, you know, it's just, it's new in our world. Like I, when I was little, it didn't exist. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't ah. have cell phones when I was little. Um, and so yeah, I just think it's a, it's all about the heart. It's like, there's nothing wrong with sharing your adoption story. Um, it's all about your motives, which is what the Enneagram is all about. So I just think it's really important. And my husband's taught me this just to distrust your own heart <laughs> as far as like why you want to do things and just ask the Lord to help you be dependent on him and to reflect him and not yourself. And, you know, sharing an adoption story, like I adopted because of people who share their adoption story, like mm-hmm. God used that for good. And so it's wonderful to do that, but we just all have to, um, <coughs> excuse me, you know, guard our hearts and pursue the cross above our own glory. So that's what I want to do. I'm sure I fail all the time. Ooh, no, but that's, I mean, that's like heavy stuff, but it's really, also, <laughs> I think it's what we're all striving for. Um, it's that, that level of health that, um, if we could just keep that front of mind, I feel like so many of the world's problems would be eradicated, but, um, I don't know. So what about now? What, what, uh, how does it influence? How does your personality influence your parenting now? Man, these are such good questions. Um, hmm. So I'm a three. I think now, of course, I read the book, The Road Back to You, which was so good and interesting. And so I'm trying to type everyone in my family and work oh, yeah. because it's so interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. And I already said my husband's a three wing four as well. Um, we are like positive that our adopted daughter is a two. Um, I wonder how common that is because she's just, you know, I think kids who come from trauma are just wired to be more grateful, at least joy is. And like, she just has this gratitude that's like not present in children of mm-hmm. any kind that I've ever met. And she's, she's just so grateful and so loves to help. So I can't see how she could possibly not be a two. Um, and then I think my youngest is a nine because it, she's just peacemaker. And I think my oldest might be the same as me. We're just really similar. But uh, my parenting, I guess that I I try really hard to do everything I do well. <laughs> um, I definitely in the past have battled, you know, feeling like I, I need to be a perfect mom. And that's a huge part of my testimony. That's a huge part of my book, Afraid of All the Things, is I was so grateful to run into a mom who, and I won't go into the whole story because I know I already have on this podcast, but a mom who just helped me see that the goal is not be perfect, be a perfect mom. The goal is point your kids to the cross and show them that you're weak and that you need Jesus. And so yeah. I'm very grateful for that. And like you said, if you keep that front of mind, I mean, <laughs> then you'll be a good parent. Um, but it's hard to keep that front of mind. And we all have blind spots and we all have seasons where we're distracted. And so, yeah, I would just say when I'm healthy and fully in my threeness, <laughs> I'm probably hardworking and trying to, um, 
also just enjoy it, you know, just enjoy taking care of my girls while they're still little. But in, I guess what I have learned about the Enneagram in weakness, I go to the bad things of a nine. So I get in sloth mode. So I'm like either like super speed, uh, do everything I can do, or I'm like sloth. And so I just came out of a season. I'm probably not alone in this because I know this is is on a major delay, but coronavirus has taken over the world. And I, I was major sloth. And I also didn't have like any deadlines or work for a while. And now I'm back into like, I have a lot to do, but I had like six months where I was just like a bump on a log. <laughs> like, so, you know, that's a negative as a parent of three kids, especially homeschooling them too. Um, yeah. You are quite the overachiever. Oh, like a little homeschool- bit of a slacker <laughs> for six months. You know, I see that in my husband a lot and I, it's been this, it's a really interesting, um, I don't know, just thing to watch because it is, it's like either you are running so fast or you just kind of crash and like yes. stick your head in the sand and I'm yep. like, hello, come back. Come back to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you're doing great at answering my questions before I even ask them. Cause oh, my sorry. next question was, no, 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 it's great. Uh, <laughs> my next question was, how is it, how does your personality relate to your kids' personalities? And I think that even though you're not supposed to type your kids, it is a really interesting thing to, um, I don't know, just to be able to consider, uh, how that works. And I've certainly mm-hmm. been like, I think that rock is a five. I think that, you know, just going through and considering that, but I think that, um, you know, when it comes to being an achiever, uh, which, you know, as a one, I am also an achiever, right. um, just in a different way, but, um, <laughs> I think it create it causes me to be more offensive parent than a defensive mm. parent, and that has good and bad things. Like you see, parenting is something you need to win instead of just reacting to like what your kids are doing. I definitely don't wake up every morning like I'm going to win at parenting today. I I do, you know. I think we all, no matter what our number is, we all want to be good moms. I wake up and want to be a good mom every day mm-hmm. for sure. Um, how I relate to each of them. Um, I definitely see. So like my one that I think is a nine, she's just so easy to get along with. And that's part of why we think she's a nine. Like she just, you can't put her with anyone where it's not just peaceful to be with her. And I wonder, I haven't done much research about how the numbers interact, but I know that in my life I've asked people what they are and I have a lot of nines in my life. Like I just, I, you know, it's easy for me to be around nines. Um, yeah. And, and I think I don't know about if I've psychoanalyzed my two enough, but, but for my, my oldest, who I think is, might be a three like me. Um, I know that as far as how her personality is and how she functions in life, her struggles, her strengths, like I just so identify with her. And I used to see that I I used to kind of mourn her struggles because I'd be like, man, like anxiety, like I wrote about anxiety in my book. Like, man, she struggles with anxiety and it's my fault. And I used to just really battle that. And my sweet friend, who's a nine, um, said, don't look at it that way. Look at it as such a gift that the Lord placed you as her mother because you understand and have an empathy for what she's going through. Like, if you didn't have any anxiety issues, you would just be like, get over it. You know, it's like, I can so empathize with her. So as far as her personality and her bent, it's been a really sweet thing, especially as she gets older, she's nine now. So we have really great talks and I'm able to be like, I get it. I struggle with this too. I know I'm a grown up, but I still, you know, she sees me struggle with it. And she, she's a believer. She became a Christian about a year and a half ago. And she is so 
like God uses her in my life already. It is the coolest thing. Like when I'm having a panic attack, which still happens sometimes, um, she'll like, she came up to me and read a Psalm to me the other day. And she was like, mommy, I was just looking at this in my bed the other night when I was feeling it. It's just really, really special. So man, I just think if you make the Lord, the center of your home and just, that's your main goal. It's like, it's really sweet to see how God can even take a kid who you, your personality might not be the same or it is the same, or you get their struggle or you don't get their struggle and how like, it's all a beautiful body of Christ thing that happens because like I learned from joy, my two, like I'm not naturally the helper type. Like I, I'm uncomfortable with hospitality. Like I don't, when, you know, when I have people over, I'm like, Oh, did I forget to get you the drink? And I'm like all nervous about it. It's not like a joy to me. It's like causes stress. And it's like really cool to learn from my seven-year-old who I'm certain is a two. Again, I know you're not supposed to type your kids, but come on now. <laughs> she, she just is. <laughs> um, but it's like, I learned from her just by watching how much joy she gets from serving other people. And it's like, and that is like the mark of a believer too, is how we serve others. And so even if it's not my strength, like it's really cool to raise a kid who has that strength, you know? So I love just everything you just said. I think that that's, um, you know, I heard, um, Aaron moon is a podcaster I listen to, and she, she jokes that cause she's also a three and she struggled so much with that kind of like a imposter thing. Um, and so she jokingly says that she's renouncing the Enneagram and she's just a zero because God is a 10. <laughs> God is all of the Enneagram. Oh, and so good. I love what you said about um, just the body of Christ and how the Enneagram can really be such a beautiful representation of that. And if it's all, if it's all different aspects of the Lord, which is yeah. just a really cool and interesting thing. And um, actually uh, a counselor told me that one time that each Enneagram type represents a different characteristic of God and that they're Whoa. all beautiful in their hmm. own way. So. Anyway, really just cool. really cool stuff to think about. So um, I wanted to ask you also, and I, I love that you and your husband are both threes. Actually, experts say that that is, if not the best, among the best pairing. Really? Yes, the three, two threes. We like each other a lot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> both motivated to win. <laughs> and we get each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask, you know, how does it relate to your marriage? Um, and maybe it's more like, how does it relate to your parenting styles within marriage? Hmm. Well. I don't know if this is a three thing. Well, yeah, it probably is a three thing. So yeah, we're both very driven people. We both are in the same field. We both support each other's goals and stuff and we help each other. So like, that's just such a gift. I know like it's such a cool thing. He works in publishing. I send him my books before I send them to editors and he edits them before they go to the editor. So I feel confident sending it to the editor. Um, but I would say that one of the positives in that is that like the things that like our priorities are the same. So like, it's funny. So like I said, we're trying to sell our house right now and it's like hilarious and slightly embarrassing that like we have cobwebs and like, we don't notice like little, we don't notice like you're a one. So your house is probably immaculate and beautiful, right? <laughs> no, is it? Children, it is. It's that's always children. The goal. Yeah. <laughs> children keep me very humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like with us, it's like, so like, I'm kind of messy by nature. I clean, I don't have like a mess house, but, um, but it's like, if I have a book manuscript to do, everything else is going to, the pile of laundry is going to be this high. It's going to just not be priority for a minute. Since my husband's the same way, it's like, we don't have any conflict in our marriage about priorities of, of work, you know, stuff like that. So that's a good thing. Um, 
I'm wondering like how con I don't know. We, we have like the same communication style. So yeah, it's like the stuff that will get on my nerves or be like, like our last argument, we were just talking about it, um, was like something that I pointed out that was hurtful to me, but I have the same thing. <laughs> like I, I was like, I want you to be this. I know I'm not, <laughs> but like in certain moments, I would love for you to be this. And then he, he's achiever dri- driven, you know, so he, tr- he is trying to whatever. So yeah, we don't have a perfect marriage. We have a great marriage. We are best friends. That didn't happen. We were not that way for years. I would say we weren't like in great marriage zone until, um, until our first one was like one or two. And that was because we both, and here we go. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming up with my answers. I'm talking. We both kind of had a facade on early in our marriage. And so like my deep secret sins of life were hidden and so were his. And so we weren't, we didn't have that intimacy that we have now because we were hiding things because we wanted the other person to think we were perfect. And that's definitely a three thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as we let, as soon as we dropped that <laughs> years into our marriage, it's been amazing and it's the best. And of course there are seasons for everything and some seasons are more stressful, but um, I'd say that two threes who are honest with each other and open is a really great combo. Um, not a great combo if you're not honest with each other. So, yeah, no, I can totally see that. And I think that, um, I'm curious to see if you guys can both do this. Cause my husband goes into what I call work mode <laughs> and it's like, it's like a different person. And he's like, now I'm on this other track. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, where'd you go? Like, where's, <laughs> where's my husband? Cause I'm, this is not a like humble brag, but I, I'm pretty much always the same person right, in every realm. Yeah. And so it's really weird to me when he like shifts gears like that. But if you two can shift together, I imagine that that would be really good for you guys. Well, we consider it like a grace from the Lord that like when one of us is struggling or in that mode, the other one. Yeah. We, we, I can't think of a time when we were both like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he's great. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay. So this last question that I wanted to ask you is how, how do you think that, I'm sorry, the last of the like topical discussion questions. So how do you think that your number influences your needs as a mom? Like as an adoptive mom, not in parenting, but your own personal needs for self-care or uh, for growth? Hmm. I would say, uh, I, I think I just get distracted on whatever the thing is, the project is in front of me. So I probably, I probably let things go that need to not be let go. (laughs) Like of all the, you know, every mom has a bunch of plates spinning and I definitely tend to prioritize things and let other things go. And sometimes like, as it relates to like sin in my life, like I can get so distracted with what I am doing with whatever the goal is that I, I don't know if this is everyone, but I can like have such a huge blind spot. And I've experienced this in my parenting where, um, lovingly, you know, my husband and I were talking and a family member had kind of pointed something out. I know this is everyone's worst nightmare to like have your parenting critiqued, but it was like something, someone very close to us who had the right to give that input. You know, we all need those people in our lives who are, who can say the hard things to us. But it was like one of those things where I had no idea that I was doing this, you know, responding in this way as a mom and it came to my attention. And so of course, at first I felt defensive because <laughs> who likes to be criticized? And then I like took it to the Lord and I was like, wow, 
that is true. <laughs> you know, it's like, ouch, that like, that is so true. So I think that, I don't know if that's a three thing, but I, I know that a three thing is to be very consumed by whatever your goal is. And so I don't know how I would be, who I would be or how I would be without being obedient to what God says, which is to live in Christian community and have people in your life who can speak into it like that. You know, if you, if you isolate, which I can do too, like, like you said, your husband will get into like a work mode. I could totally get into a work mode and be isolated and forget other, you know, relationships, stuff like that, friendships or whatever. Um, yeah, it's really important to just commit to being active in your local church and have people in your life who can say, hey, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's really important. So yeah, I know I'm being vague, but I'm hmm, going to be vague there. <laughs> anyway. No, no. I think that you absolutely answered the question because you're, you know, as a, as a three, I think that a lot of your hidden needs are probably for people to see the real you and to, to be able to speak to that person instead of to the performer. And so mm-hmm. what, uh, what an, what a blessing of advice for you to hand to these other moms who are, who maybe are afraid to show that person that true person to the people that are closest to them, but to have such a gracious outlook and be able to say like, this is me and you can totally hold this person accountable, mm-hmm. not the performer person or like you can bring me back to my true self um, and, and giving those people the right to. Cause I think that a lot of the time um, pride gets the best of us and we don't want people to see that stuff. And so I don't know, just what a like humble encouragement that you've been able to hand to those mamas. So thank you. Thanks. I feel like I'm in counseling right now. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Oh, whatever, girl. You are like a counselor to all of your readers and all of your followers. And um, yeah, no, I'm just really excited. We got to have this conversation. Are you ready for some of these closing questions? Yes. Cool. Okay. So just for fun, what is the most overtly three thing about you? I'm like, I will like, if I have a deadline, I will not sleep until, you know, it's like, I'm very reliable when it comes to a work deadline. Now, when it comes to like making sure the dishes are clean before they go in the dishwasher, never (laughs) 0%. (laughs) This is like one of the points of contention in our marriage. Yes. I'm horrible with details. Is that a very three thing? Yes. My husband's head is always up in the clouds. He's such a big (laughs) vision person. And I'm like, right. But like, what do we do today? Not in five years. And the weird thing is like, I care, like threes care a lot about doing things right. I do too, but it's like, like I'm not a rule breaker at all, but it's like, I, like I said, like I prioritize what's important to me. So if it's like cooking, for example, I'm a bad cook. I'm here at my mother-in-law's mother-in-law's house and she's amazing. And I think to myself, I could feed my family better, (laughs) but it's like low on the priority for me. I don't know why. Okay. I feel bad. This is like the hard part of therapy. I don't know. No, Is that enough of an answer? Next question, please. I just love that you're like, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I'm a really bad cook. I have a couple things I make okay. I don't know. I love it. Um, okay. What is your favorite and least favorite thing about being a three? Um, it's fun to set goals and meet them. So I enjoy doing that. Favorite thing. My least favorite thing. Um, yeah, I, I, want, I want so badly to be, like you said, each Enneagram number reflects the Lord in a different way. I would love so much to, and I know twos have their own issues, you know, twos have their own issues and like helping and serving in an effort to make yourself feel better is not a a selfless goal. I know that, but I, 
I so desire to be more selfless and to serve and to, to be unknown. I'm, I'm writing this book right now. I can't tell you very much about it. I was going to see if I could find the quote, but I don't think I can right now. But um, oh, it's on someone's gravestone. I write about it. Okay. I was going to look for this, this thing I wanted to reference and I couldn't find it, but it's some famous guy and his epitaph or his gravestone was something about like being a worm who who fell into the man, I really want to share it. I can't remember it. But anyway, it's like his legacy that he wanted was to be, quote, a worm who fell into the arms of grace or something. It's way better than that. And I can't remember the reference, but I'm putting it in my next book and I can't remember it. <laughs> but um it's like that's what I want. Like I want my desires to be, let me just serve the Lord and be anonymous and then go be with him. And I fight against my mentality of let me do a really best job ever at whatever I'm doing. And, you know, of course I like, I definitely thrive on, like, (laughs) I want my mom to say she's proud of me. I want my husband to be proud of me. I want, you know, I want to succeed. And that really goes against being a servant. (laughs) It really does. Like that, that desire is in conflict with the Christian life for sure. And so like God can use any achievement that anyone does for his glory, especially if the person is saying, God, I desire to bring you glory, not myself glory. But I know that I'm wired to be the kid in school who made an A and wanted everybody to see it. And, you know, (laughs) so I would say that's like my least favorite thing is just the tendency to want approval and praise from people rather than desiring to give it to the Lord. Yeah. No, I actually feel that so much, even as a, that's a one thing too, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we would just, we would just want to know that we're in the right. So if somebody's giving us feedback that's saying you're doing a good job and that we can know that what we're doing is landing and it's effective, then that means everything. And that's something I'm actually really wrestling through right now. Um, and writing about right now is, um, this journey to, um, allow God to be my God instead of my husband or, you know, the people that are closest to me, like their approval to be my guide um, and letting just God be that. So kind of cool stuff. Um, Okay. What do you wish that every three mom knew about going about her number going into adoption? Hmm. Well, I guess back to what I said earlier about if we're going to camp out in the like caring about appearances and how people see you, like, I think it's really important for three moms to be, we'll talk about honesty, to be honest with themselves and the people around them, the close people around them. Um, I'm just so grateful that before I adopted Joy, I had a mom tell me, I am struggling to attach to my newly adopted child. I am struggling with this feeling and that feeling. And they were not good, pretty post-worthy feelings, you know? Um, And if she had not shared that with me, when I was struggling those early years with attachment and all that stuff that is not, I mean, this needs to be talked about publicly for sure. Like it is not natural, the attachment process with a, with an adoption situation, because it is birthed out of brokenness. And when you go through adoptions, you, you do all that training where you learn like a child that grew in your body and was completely safe and loved every moment by you and heard your heartbeat every moment of its life in utero, like that is going to be an easy you know, they're going to come out of your body and be attached to you. It's not the same when you adopt a child out of trauma. Um, and every child who's adopted has trauma. They have the loss of separation from their birth parent, even if they're an infant, you know? And so um, 
I just think it's really important for three moms going into adoption to, um, to listen to a lot of voices and then just be really honest with how you feel. Um, what some of the best advice I got before I adopted Joy was from a, a teacher. She was our sign language teacher because we were learning sign language before our adoption so we could communicate with Joy. And she said, you and your husband need to have a thing where you like have a word or something and you guys go into a room and you say, okay, judgment-free zone. I'm going to say all of my awful feelings, everything I'm feeling right now. It's awful. You can't judge me. You've got to love me. I'm going to say it. <laughs> and she was like, you just have to have that openness or you'll explode. And um, I did not know how true that was or how much I would need that until, until we experienced it. And it's true. It's like you want to feel all the threes. You want to feel everything perfectly. You want to do the best job you can. You want attachment to come easy and you want to have the best adoption story ever. And it's messy and it's hard and there's trauma and there's so many tears and there's so many days where you feel like, oh my goodness, like I don't even know what to do with this because, you know, the behavior issues you deal with with biological kids are different. It's just different. You handle them differently. Um, You understand them in different ways. It's like, you, we can never understand the pain and suffering of our adoptive children, what they went through and how many of their behaviors are birthed out of that, you know? So I would just say, be honest, have someone like a spouse or a friend or a counselor or a pastor or someone where you can be like, Hey, I need to say some things. It does not paint me out to be a very great, great mom in this moment, but I have to say them and then just do it. And once you get it out, it's, you know, feel so much better. You feel better. And then you can you know, pray through it and pray that the Lord will give you that supernatural power and strength to love um, the way he loves, which is what adoption is, you know, um, it's loving the way he loves. So yeah, it's my advice. Mm. I mean, that's such good stuff. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you're so sweet. Um, okay. This, this is the last question. What is, if you could wrap it all up, what is your biggest piece of advice or encouragement for Enneagram three adoptive moms? But I kind of feel like you just answered that, which is, you know, on yeah. par with what you've what been I, doing. What I just I said, sorry. I keep jumping ahead. I love it though. I'm reading your mind. Exactly. Um, well, I, the whole time you were talking, I was like, I feel like we're the same person. Like we have so much of the same <laughs> thoughts and the way we say things. Aww. I love it. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else. Just um, cling to the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Yep. He, we all need him. We're all super messed up <laughs> and we adoptive moms. I'm not going to say we especially need him, but we need him in a unique way for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm three and a half years in March, April, May, June. No, not, not quite three and a half, but I'm over three years into our adoption. And there are so many battles that I don't have to fight anymore. That's it's amazing. Like the healing that's taken place is amazing, but there are so many things that it's, you know, it's, it's just unique, unique struggles. And, um, I think that we just have to give ourselves grace, grace for ourselves, grace for our children, grace for our spouse and pursue a cross focused home. Yes. That's all. (laughs) Amen, sister. So much, so much. Amen. Um, okay. Well, thanks. Um, and we can find you on Instagram, right? At Scarlet Hits Vital and, um, on Facebook and at your website and Amazon and all the places. And we will link to all of that in the show notes. (laughs) All right, girl. Thanks. So much for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the Adoptive Mom Podcast.com. Thanks for joining us.